0: Greetings, Only Tans. Today's Friday, April 7th, and yesterday, Thursday, April 6th. I had the pleasure of welcoming Ahmad Scientist. He's a VIP collector on NBA Top Shot. And he's also a real life scientist and pharmacist. So we had a enjoyable time talking about his story, his experience with NBA Top Shot, the amazing real life work that he does in Vancouver, Canada and a bunch of other things over the course of about an hour. Uh, I had a great time. I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. We had never talked before, and he just hopped right on and had his first appearance on my stream like many others have done, so I'm always honored when that happens. But I hope you enjoy the show. Um, recall that nothing you hear on this show should be considered financial advice, and let's just jump right into it. What is going on everybody? Thank you for joining Tandy Time. Your regular, your regularly scheduled top shot broadcast. We are one of the few remaining shows but we're here just for you. Isn't that special? And we have a lot to cover today. We have a special guest. We have Ahmad Scientist. You may have seen him on Twitter. I think he was in a article recently. You'll correct me if I'm wrong on that. But we will bring in our guest, Ahmad Scientist, and get your science related questions in the chat because this will be a little different than normal. And let's bring him in. We'll bring him in with a little figure it out since he's a scientist. Figure it out. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ahmad, how how are you doing? Thank you for being here with us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And let's 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 break down your your drip. What's going on here with this drip? Look, you're all dripped out.
1: Okay, I got my uh, OVO uh, big ups Drake okay. uh, right here, October's very own. I got all the, all the NBA teams on the hoodie with uh, my Raptors up here. Mm-hmm. I got some more OVO swag here, which is uh, represents La Familia. It's La got familia. it uh, in Arabic in the back there.
0: So that's like a special OVO hat in Arabic
1: yeah although i'm not arabic i'm persian i'm iranian which is similar but different and then uh we got from the playoffs last year playoffs the oilers uh got the little necklace here we're hoping for the stanley cup in uh the city of champions in edmonton this
0: uh this spring okay big big hockey fan over here it's the it's the one sport that you can't buy an nft of how are you feeling about that
1: Gutted. Absolutely gutted. Um, you know, my whole life is culminating culminating for the day that there's a hockey NFT and I can collect Connor McDavid uh, breakaway goals. But uh Gary Bettman and his cronies at the NHL head office are depriving me of this joy. But uh hopefully one day, apparently um Sweet. There's a company called Sweet has the NHL rights and, and we're waiting with bated breath
0: on that one. You think when they do that you're going to go as hardcore as you do in, in Top Shot?
1: I think if, uh, yeah, if I can make some more money, then yes, I will <laughs> go as, as hardcore, but maybe not as hardcore. But I, I, part of my thing too is I want them to come out now and in a bear market so they can be cheap and no other hockey fans can be into NFTs. So me and my three buddies who are Five buddies uh, can go ham on them and, and corner the market, like right. uh, our boy Alexo and MBL and others.
0: Are you close with Alexo and MBL uh, since you guys are all big spenders, VIPs?
1: Um, so I don't know if the spending has anything to do with it, but I haven't had the. We're in the Twitter chat, the wolf pack. So I see them in there. I haven't had the fortune to uh, meet MBL in person, but thankfully I've met. Uh, Alexo a few times. So last year, for the last game in the year, I drove. I'm in Vancouver, Canada. I drove down to Portland for the last game of the year and got like box suites and met Alexo there. Um, we shot some hoops on the court at the, after the game. It was really great. And then he came to summer league. I'm a huge summer league aficionado. I've gone six years in a row uh, oh, wow. with my loving, loving wife. And, um, and then the Raptors in January played the Blazers. We drove down there and uh, hung out with Alexo there. Me and Alexo watched some conference just one-on-one time with Alexo watching the NFL conference title games. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the story. And then I was actually hanging out with LG in Portland as well. So he came down uh, from West that's Coast great. of Canada.
0: All yeah. the heavy hitters, all the all – the, the, Big time, yeah. guests. And so, so are you walking? Or how often are you wearing that big chain with the with the Oilers logo on it?
1: I mean, this time of year, as soon as uh, Persian New Year hits, which is the coincides with the spring equinox, uh, you know, there's something in the air. Hockey season, the playoffs. Uh, so I, every day, I have to wear this.
0: It's my obligation. Mm. All right. Well, very cool. Do people like? Do they ask you questions in the street? Like, what are you doing? Why are you wearing such a massive? Edmonton Oilers chain or they just root they cheer you on I mean you're in Vancouver they must not be cheering you on when they see that
1: I think they uh their natural inclination is just bow down so bow down. they just bow down because their team sucks quite badly okay. so they see me with you know 300 point scores two best players in the on planet earth and uh they just they recognize the game you know and they they bow down to your boy with the chains
0: got it Um, well speaking of drip uh, we can bring up some current events here Uh, since this is Top Shot and every piece of current event has to be as dramatic as possible um, here it is so that if you're listening to the show was the drop for the new Top Shot t-shirt let's hear that one more time just because I just made it and I'm proud of myself (laughs) So what do, what do we think about that drip? Was, was that made for the community? Uh, I think I know you love the community. So here we go. We love the community. Uh, but yeah, it was made for the community. There were 3,000 of these shirts. 2,500 of them were available to whoever wanted one. Look, we can put it right in between us. Look how nicely it fits there. Um <laughs> and uh yeah so so 2500 people could get these all you had to do was email so that was kind of nice that you could just get one of these shirts all you had to do is write in and you would get one otherwise you, I think team captains got them people in the creators discord got them so I I will be getting one um but what's your take did you put your name in did are you getting one just cuz you're a special man or what's going on here
1: thank you thank you for your kind words um yeah I am getting one I filled out the form um, and I got lucky to be in the draw and I got one and, uh, yeah, I was doing, I did the, the alumni hoops leaderboard. I ended up mm. the highest, I kind of clocked in was like top 16. So I'm getting the quarter zip hoodie. Oh, there you um, go. and, uh, so I'll be rocking that probably at summer league, be one of the coolest people in all of Las Vegas, Definitely. probably ever with that thing on. So I'm getting a bunch of swag and yeah, so I got that one. Do we know if a uh, Roham? um designed it himself
0: uh we don't know that that's been sort of a, a a topic of contention we'll talk about that for a second but first we have to highlight friend of the show boston base <laughs> he says can't block me here i'm not um
1: <laughs> yes honestly i you know don't know why i did that um i'm sure boston base is a great guy and uh yeah be happy to connect i've since unblocked him there you um, go, because you know i'm 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 not one to uh
0: fight basically right, so that's breaking news just that's that's breaking news just for this show. Let's run that drop this just in Tandy time exclusive a mod scientist has unblocked Boston base there you go um but anyhow, yeah so let's let's get that drip back on the screen here there some people had very strong opinions about this shirt they were saying, Oh man, like we don't like this shirt. It's too much, too, too much going on on this shirt. There's too many lines. And it kind of reminds me of the, I think you should leave clip with when they, they want to pay extra for the shirt. Cause it's so complicated. Um, I mean, I, I think you seem, you seem like a very drippy individual. So would you, would you, you seem to that you would wear this without any issue?
1: Yeah. Like uh, honestly, I, I, you know, I mean, personally, I don't think the design is all that great. And I saw on Twitter, it would have been better if, like, that image was maybe on the back and then you get a little, you know, on the breast, uh, the left breast, get the Top Shot debut logo. Might have been, you know, a bit of a better uh, situation. But that said, yeah, I will have no shame or fear to rock this T-shirt proudly. So, uh, yes, I will yeah, wear I, the drip.
0: <laughs> I can imagine you wearing this this T-shirt with the big Oilers chain over the top. I that That seemed to fit both very in your face and out out there and out loud and i would have to echo you there that this would be a very nice back of a t-shirt i don't it's uh, like to to think that this the back of this t-shirt will just be blank and then you'll have this massive top shot illustration uh that seems like a bit of a missed opportunity but um who knows they Maybe trying they can to sell- for yeah we did can call an audible
1: Were they trying to go for like the moment look like is that like the cube of the moment or but then there's cubes in each corner Um, so I don't know yeah what direction we're headed in here
0: the cubes represent the moments I would say and then this blue and green not sure what that is I don't know what those are but they're half circle blue and green things anyway yeah
1: not sure. <laughs> Nothing right. on the back, I
0: guess. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're waiting. We're we're waiting that maybe to see that this is actually the back of the shirt. That's what we're hoping for. We're, we're going to cross our fingers that this is actually the back of the shirt and that someone just gave us the mock-up and showed us the back of the shirt instead of the front of the shirt, which is just a nice little Top Shot logo, Top Shot debut logo right above the left breast, nice and classy, you know, yeah, business definitely. in the front, party in the back. That's what we're hoping for. Definitely. So we'll see if we can put that out into the ether and uh, and and that's what we'll get. Um, So let's just see what the chat thinks about these shirts. And also, let's just play that drop one more time because we love it. All right. And the chat is saying, what the hell is going on with this with this shirt? Uh, Alexa saying intern project. Boston saying it looks out of focus. Poker pro saying the new t-shirt should only be for legendary holders. Well, that'll be interesting. And Boston thinks they didn't want it to look too good because we're in beta. <laughs> Buda saying no artistic purpose. It's kind of whack. I'll take one from anyone who doesn't like it. it says top shot, hot shot. So top shot, hot shot seems to be our fan of this shirt. Daniel slowinsky says, just wear it backwards. That's a good point. But then you got like, you know how the t-shirt then it's like up on your neck. It feels a little uncomfortable. That wouldn't be like crisscross, exactly like crisscross to make you want to jump. The Mac Dad'll make you want to jump, jump. Uh, all right, so we got to bring raising the roof back, you know? Yeah, raising the roof, isn't there? Like, a there's like a gift from the office where they're all doing this, yeah, yeah. Um, Yes, true. Sure. We can bring the Raising the Roof back if you want to. So you were recently in an article, Ahmad, uh, tell the people who haven't read that article or don't know about that article. How did that come about? And remind us what you were talking about in that article.
1: Yeah, so it was a Coindesk article and um, it basically was MBL in, uh, in the Wolfpack, just kind of putting it out there. Who's interested to talk to this reporter? Um, wanted to write an article comparing like NFL all day and Top Shot and kind of the different, uh, you know, arcs that they went on and what the differences are and why they are the way they are. And so I spoke
0: with the guy over a zoom and then, uh, yeah, he wrote this article. Uh, that And that remind out. us what your main takes takeaways were like, what, what were your main points there?
1: Um, so, yeah, he ended up like quoting me quite a bit, which was interesting. Um, but yeah, I just tried to kind of share my perspective of, why I'm, so I guess the difference with NBA and NFL all day was, you know, with, uh, as you know, the top shot had a supply issue early on. And that's what kind of created this fever pitch of demand exceeding supply. Whereas I feel like NFL all day, you know, hasn't had that crazy spike maybe save for like at the beginning of last season, but it's because they came out with their series one being kind of high supply right off the bat. Um, So yeah, that was kind of, one of the main, main differences, um, that I pointed out, I have the article here. Should I like post in the chat or something? Yeah, sure. You could do that.
0: Um, but yeah, I don't recall if you said that, are you, are you collecting a lot of all day as well? Are you a big NFL guy or are you just mostly into top shot?
1: Um, so yeah, I, I collected on all day as well. I'm definitely more on the, um, on the top shot streets but I went and I collected a lot of series one uh, all day. So I pretty much have like almost all the common and rare sets um, from series one all day. And then, you know, played the playbook and whatnot this year. Um, It got a little bit too complicated with me when there was multiple playbooks and kind of took away from the, the beauty of the playbook, in my opinion, that it was just 100, you know, 100 yards, one field that everybody's on um so yeah but i've held on to what i have there and yeah I, i'm not as big of an nfl fan you know hockey's my number one sport and then basketball is second and kind of inching up closer and closer to hockey and then nfl is more so like kind of third for me and it's more about the fantasy football it kind of gets me engaged um but with all day i love the the wide receiver moments the best like and the sellies after i found that like with series one all day compared to Top Shot, the quality of the moments is much better. Um, yeah, so another thing with All Day that I, I like the banner year set. I recently completed that one, um, and I like the concept of it being dynamic and updating throughout the playoffs. I'm kind of hoping Top Shot does something similar instead of dropping, you know, 100 playoff uh, playoff moments. Like, give us something that, you know, if I buy this dynamic moment now for. You know, I guess a team that's maybe considered unlucky to win, like the Lakers or whatever, or my Raptors, and then all of a sudden they go far, and then you're kind of, you know, kind of betting a little bit on a certain team that way, and I I like that aspect of it. Um, So yeah, so I'm definitely on all day, but Top Shot, um, just because I'm a much bigger NBA fan, basketball fan, um, is is a lot more where I put my focus on.
0: Wait to explain that that I, I did see those um, moments on all on all day where they evolve yeah. over time but explain what you just said about how it's almost like betting on the team so they get they get released and then you purchase them and they somehow gain value as it goes on or people just yeah, want to so, buy them more
1: Well yeah like as you know these things uh, can be fickle with the value of <laughs> the values but they say the banner year moments for all day they release at the beginning of the playoffs And it had, like, one play from each week of the season. So it represented, like, the whole season for a given team. So if you held on to the Kansas City Chiefs one, each week of the playoffs added another, you know, bit of the moment. It got a little bit longer. So the actual, like, moment or whatever changed. And so the further the team went, the more moments they got. And then you – you and so currently this Chiefs one is the most expensive because they won. Right. So I actually ended up pulling like a Philadelphia Eagles moment in a pack. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to sort of experience this and ride it out. And, you know, they were one of the favorites and, and of course went to the Super Bowl. But, you know, I was obviously dumb because I should have sold it and because it cratered right after the game after they lost. Um, but it was just neat how they're kind of tie- I like how they're tying in the actual game action to the collecting um and to the sort of moment values
0: yeah i like that too um but did the chiefs just help me understand them maybe there's a dumb question but they mm-hmm. kept rising in value because they were doing well is it still valuable or was it because they had utility inside of challenges or something or
1: the, it was just a matter of like you want you kind of want the the one that wins the title basically okay so it was like
0: intrinsic it was user-based value it wasn't because like pushed on via the platform or anything like that
1: yeah and like i'm just looking at it right now and uh so it's the most expensive one 360 bucks for uh mint count of 250 rare and then the bills are 178 so then like yeah the eagles are like 145 they're the fourth most expensive but then okay. the Bills Bucks and 49ers So obviously the team popularity probably um you know went into it as well. But okay. at, at, even the Chiefs during the Super Bowl it was like five fifty. So, you know, you know okay. how this stuff goes, right? So, so there was Soul. some
0: utility here, top shot hot saying you could use them as wild cards for some challenges. So that's cool. Oh, there you go. And uh I think treaty kiss is over there, unless it's someone else, but Think, do we think we'll get Banner moments for the playoffs? Yeah, we we hope so. that that sounds like one of the cooler ideas on all day. I, I'm not too familiar. I don't spend too much time on all day, but that mm-hmm. I did look at those moments and th- those do look like one of the cooler ideas I've seen so far. And I'm with you. I hope that I hope that these playoff packs or moments or however they d- decide to distribute these things. I hope that it's something that is cool and a little more scarce than we've seen in past series. Um, Mm -hmm. I, what concerns me a little bit was like the, there was a recent newsletter that was saying like rare and legendaries will remain scarce, but then of course, to keep them that scarce, they're going to have to release other common stuff to make sure that those things make up less of the total supply. So that's a little bit of a concern, (laughs) uh, but we'll see. I mean, so you got involved on top shot quite early, I think when, when did you first join?
1: Yeah, so you want to hear the origin story?
0: Go ahead. Give us the Marvel origin story.
1: Yeah, so basically it was Christmas Day 2020, um, sitting on my couch relaxing, and I watched like those CNBC uh, Make It article uh, videos on YouTube where they kind of talk about different business trends or different businesses, and then I saw one on there about sports sports card investing and how it's exploded during the the, the pandemic. And so I've always been so my boy, uh, Tony Kornheiser, Sean Camp, who, you know, recommended me for the, the stream, thanks to him, um, is a, a guy I grew up with back in Edmonton. And we're in a, a basketball pool, keeper basketball pool. So I'm all about the keeper pools um, because I like the prospecting of rookies and kind of projecting out who's going to have the best career. You know, like I picked Jason Tatum, for example, in the last round, you know, this Sean Camp guy says he's a basketball aficionado, but he slept on Tatum. So, you know, there's that. But um, real sad. Very, very sad for him. Um, so, yeah, so this concept of kind of digital ownership through these pools and Keeper kind of was instilled in me. And, and sometimes in my hockey pool, I was like pretty hardcore. And I'm like, why do I care so much about <laughs> this like hockey pool? So that idea was kind of instilled in me. So when I saw this sports card investing, I was like, okay, I can – you know, buy sports cards, prospect these rookies. And, uh, you know, if I'm right, like I was with Tatum, then it'll pay off. So I started looking into like the grading and the and eBay and, and you know, buying from the States, you have to pay customs and, and whatnot. So I was like, okay, that seems like pretty onerous. So then I typed into Google, um, I actually typed in sports card investing. Um, and the first thing that showed up at that time was NBA top Shot. So then I clicked on the link and and then I was like, oh, what is this? I started checking it out and I went on to YouTube and tried to find info on it and there was like literally nothing. Uh, There's no info, like even about NFTs. You know, I watched, uh, you know, some Roham TED talks or whatever and kind of heard about the vision um, and I was like, oh, this makes sense. Like if people, you know, value a piece of cardboard with some rando picture on it, um, I think it's pretty cool to be able to collect sports highlights that have a lot more depth to the story of them so yeah so I started getting into it from there and um, and already that concept of digital ownership and digital objects was kind of instilled in me already so so and then you know in January things started uh, going up quite a bit and then February quite a bit after that and you know it's like that light bulb moment as soon as you buy one and then you list it and like a second later it's sold you're like okay there's something like real going on here. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how I got into Top Shot
0: and NFTs. Got it. Um, and as a scientist, you like, what, what's your, uh, sci- how did you apply the scientific method? What to like your experience on NBA <laughs> Top Shot, right? You got an idea, you form a hypothesis, you, you collect the information and in the data, you check against your original idea. How has that uh, evolved over time since the, since you began what well, your hypothesis when you first began? How has that hypothesis been adjusted over the past couple of years? Yeah,
1: the you know obviously that it, early on it was kind of the hypothesis was that people are going to want these and they're going to be very valued in the future, especially series one. And obviously the data, it doesn't support that. Um, so yeah, like I think from like a money standpoint and the sports card investing and being able to kind of prospect players, it th- there can be a bit of that, but yeah, it's definitely um, not the case. So definitely things have evolved and um, it, I try to kind of focus on just buying now what I want and not really try to think about flipping, you know, like, I saw, I don't know if you do any of the ETH NFTs, but I kind of dabbled in that a bit. And, you know, I heard about the Nakamigos, like, you know, March 8th or whatever it was. And, um, but yeah, I slept on it and, you know, down bad as a result I missed the generational wealth once again, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, but but at the same time, I know that if I had it, I'd be like stressed. Okay, the price is going up to 0.4. Okay, should I sell and then go up to 0.9? So I just found that like, That was adding so much stress to my life that i'm like let me i already have enough stress like through my work um i might i I, i'll just keep my stress for that and this i'll keep this as more of a hobby um but yeah i guess i I didn't really apply the scientific method uh to this but (laughs) at the same time just looking objectively like as i said like compared to sports cards where we don't have that transparency we don't know like how many are printed about uh, from a lot of these cards having to like ship stuff to be graded and wait a year or more, you have to ensure what you're grading. You have to worry that it's going to not get broken or damaged in shipping. Then like, if I want to sell a sports card, probably like Canada is my main addressable market because people in the U S and beyond are not going to want to pay customs. So, but with top shot, you know, I can list, my store could be open. I can list anything right now, and someone anywhere around the world can buy it in seconds like I just think objectively from a collectible standpoint, it's better, and I guess I'm a believer like the cream rises to the top, so eventually um you know my hope obviously is that um, the things will kind of improve um, in in terms of the values and whatnot but um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of how things have evolved
0: yeah. I think that makes sense. And and I think a lot everyone in this chat probably had that exact same experience. And I think it, th- taking it to a, like a scientific level, you have your fixed variables, right? And your, I guess, variable variables. I don't know. <laughs> You're fixed and your variables, right? Is, that, is Am I remembering this correctly?
1: So. Yeah. You have the control group, and then you have then with the control variables, and then you, you change something up in the intervention group.
0: Exactly. So the variable part that no one really knew about was like, how much more of this stuff comes? And when does it come? And I mean, we can, we talk about supply every week, and everyone's bored of talking about supply, but that'll make a big difference. Anyway, uh, moving right along. uh, You gotta hit
1: me with a Rohan video, though. I've said
0: Rohan twice now. Oh, shoot, man, I'm slacking. (laughs) I'm slacking. So speaking of Roham, uh, what did you think? What what did you think of the recent Roham news? Were you affected by that? What did you think it was fake news? Was it worthwhile? How did you feel about all that Roham stuff? And now and now they're posting videos of Roham going shopping in the in the shopping mall inside of the designer clothing store. People are running up on him. What's going on over here? What, how do you? What's your take? Yeah, on that?
1: yeah. So. Yeah, I think like that video was like, extremely creepy. Like that guy is being a douchebag, <laughs> you know, I think uh, he's lucky that Rohan didn't like pop him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess my thoughts on like the, the article, I think um, definitely I, I think it's like a bad look for sure with just the sentiment in the community and whatnot and the scrutiny that he is under from, you know, community members. Um, And also it's a bad look, probably internally that, you know, you're laying off a bunch of people and then you're having this image of, you know, living lavish and private jets and whatnot. Um, That said, I think he kind of quelled the concerns uh, quite a bit by um, by like kind of coming out and saying a lot of that was my personal stuff. I guess like, you know, we might may never know because it's a private company, but. At the same time, how do we know, you know, he's into crypto early. How do we know he didn't, like, load up on Ethereum when it first came up or Ether when it first came out, or he doesn't have a ton of Bitcoin, you know, lying around somewhere, right? And I think his um, Axiom Zen, which was before Dapper, invested in a lot of different companies. And, you know, he went to, I think, Stanford. So he's probably connected with VCs and been involved with a lot of companies. Like, how do we know that he's not sort of, acquire this money from other means type thing. Um, And, you know, in other situations, CEOs can be, um, you know, I guess rude to staff, like we had Steve Jobs or, you know, Elon Musk or whatever, and they're praised for their, you know, business acumen and whatnot. Um, So I think, and and that is like, oh, what he was kind of stern with people. I don't think that's like that serious either, but, um, but yeah, at the same time, Um, i think he does need to try to be cautious about um how that kind of presents with the the fact of the market and and with his staff so
0: yeah you make a good point though like elon musk will like basically blast a disabled worker in, in a twitter chat and then people forget about it the next day but for some reason our our lovely community just can't can't get rid of those thoughts in their head sometimes and they just get stuck on it um but that's what makes it more interesting to me <laughs> uh what do you how about let's change it up new drop top shot 50 you're in the vip you're in the nine lives lounge you're in all these different things are you uh did you get an ll you need an NLL video yeah, right oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I did say that on purpose. Um, but nice. you are in these groups, so did you are you, did you get airdrop? Did you choose an airdrop for those packs?
1: So yeah, like I guess for me, um, you know, good or bad, I, I kind of um, try to dominate the common and the rare streets. I like to be kind of comprehensive, so to speak, and, and have a lot of rare sets and common sets. But I actually don't have a single legendary set. Like I have some legendary moments, so I think the the pre um, pre choice or whatever for spots was for people with legendary sets.
0: So oh. I didn't get
1: in on that. Um, but the pre-sale that's going on right now, um, I did go for, and part of it too is you know because yeah, my top shot score is is over five million, so I really like the the TSS based kind of. You know, cash back on the purchase yeah. um, and it kind of incentivizes the holding and, and kind of gives me something back for holding. And so ultimately the packs are going to be 300 bucks for me. Um, so, yeah, like so I, I kind of feel like obviously, you know, with a lot of others, I'm, you know, down bad a little bit. So I feel like <laughs> to get a little bit of value back, I need to take advantage of these opportunities. So that's why I felt compelled to go for it. Plus, the the ones that are in this like Luca and jaw are, are pretty solid um so yeah I, I'm not sure if I'll necessarily flip maybe I'll probably do a bit of both like flip what I don't want and keep others that I do want um so I went for it if it was you know a thousand dollars like it was a year or two ago like right. I definitely would not be going for it maybe if it was 500 um I wouldn't go for it I don't I'm not a big gambler I don't like like okay I take this and maybe if I hit I get you know five thousand but if I if I the chances are I'm not going to hit and I'm going to end up with two hundred bucks I don't really like that I like to collect and and often if it's like a good moment if I pull a Luca legendary which I don't have like I'm going to keep that and sure you know I'm kind of weird I kind of like um I kind of like I call them my virgin moments the ones that don't have <laughs> transactions on them yeah okay, um, interesting you know, I'm the choice. only one that. I'm the only one that's kind of uh, been intimate with these moments. Oh my um, gosh! So, I like to keep. Uh, I like to keep you know, good good moments that I pull in packs for that reason.
0: Hold on, you deserve a couple of clips. First of all, tell me why, well, tell me why you're calling them that. And second of all, you sit "down bad" a few times, so I am never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> Um, all right, well, I feel like we need to watch a video of puppies or something after that description. (laughs) Oh, sorry,
1: family oriented show. I apologize.
0: I didn't realize this was going to become a show for people who get intimate with their top shot moments. Um, we need a little disclaimer at the beginning of the show. Um, let's see. Uh, well, to to turn a total 180, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, did you ever cut open a frog? You are a scientist. Did you study science in, in college? Did that require cutting open a frog? Did you cut open dead bodies? How, how much of a, a freaky old scientist were you in college, in uni? So college,
1: like none of the above. Um, you know, maybe in junior high, we dissected some animals. I guess I can explain why I call myself uh, a mad scientist. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, so my parents are both like basic science researchers. They have their PhDs. My dad um, researched, like, scarring for burn victims and tried to reduce the, you know, scars and, and develop, like, artificial skin substitute that's not wow. rejected by the body. So, you know, science and, you know, my parents always wanted us to be doctors and whatnot growing up, as many, like, immigrant parents are that way. So you know, Black Mercedes?
0: My... True or false? Black Mercedes? Is someone in your family drive a black Mercedes? no no all right i'm just trying to see we're not that cliche cliche we're not that cliche uranians Um,
1: (laughs) but yeah so i guess my last name might as well be scientist um Mm -hmm. and then i was uh in a basic science like summer job and i was doing some experiments and i was like working late and running my experiments in the lab by myself and um and that's when the moniker came to me so i was like i so i became a mad scientist before I, I coined the term basically, um, and then you know I'm a pharmacist uh, you know in my day job, so you know obviously that's based in science and, and uh, read a lot of uh, scientific articles and journals through school and whatnot, and um, so yeah that's where and then you know a mad scientist is the play right so and people struggle with my name so it's a it's a, a way for them to remember it too.
0: Um. So you you did dissect. Creatures and you were and, and so you were doing science late at night and that's how you coined yourself the mad scientist Or is there more to that story? Like what doesn't a mad scientist have to do like crazy experiments and like put a frog's head on a, On a human's body or something
1: Yeah, I haven't done those but yeah, I was just doing like uh, bench uh, bench science, you know with test tubes and, and pipettes and things of that nature but
0: but, but, you know, but aren't uh, those the kind of science experiments you do in like grade school? <laughs> How are you the mad scientist i need I need something a little more juicy here
1: <laughs> um, yeah like uh i'm sorry see i'm i'm still it, 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 it's maybe a prophecy of a name, you know maybe okay. uh i'm I'm still going insane as well and uh the, the my my best brief experiments are are yet to come, so um yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I haven't done crazy experiments. I definitely don't want to experiment on uh, living things um, for my own means. But yeah, that's all I got for you, Tandy. The Tandy man. Thank you.
0: Uh, So it looks like you got a fan in the chat, Spence. He's like, Ahmad's being modest. Tell the people what you do. So I know we talked before before the show a little bit that he helps thousands of people per year. um, So is he referring to the work that you do with harm? Uh, what's it called again harm reduction
1: yeah harm reduction um, yeah for sure I don't know about thousands but uh, maybe you know indirectly but yeah basically I'm uh, I own my own pharmacy um, and we basically work with the largest nonprofit uh, in the it's called the downtown East side. It's somewhat like notorious in Canada. it's the uh, like some people call it the kind of poorest postal code in Canada and it's a place where, there's a lot of folks that struggle with mental health and addiction challenges. So I work with a nonprofit that um, provides low-income housing, and then it, the cool thing is is that the nonprofit has a clinic embedded in the building in the housing. So we're sort of bringing the care to them. So there'll be a doctor and a nurse there, and then I employ pharmacists and nurses, and we do medication programs where we're providing. Um, basically what's called opioid replacement therapy like uh, methadone or suboxone. And this is to replace folks using illicit, uh, you know, heroin or fentanyl and try to prevent a drug overdose. So in British Columbia, the province I'm, I'm in seven people die from drug overdose every day. Um, And so, yeah, I'm kind of lucky because the doctor I work with um, is, you know, one of the best doctors in Canada. And we're, I guess this is maybe some of the, um, I don't know if I want to call it experimentation, but we are doing some sort of cutting edge of things and trying to develop new molecules and new treatments for folks um, with opioid use disorder. And, and things like methadone, they were studied when people were using heroin on the streets. But nowadays when it's fentanyl, it's way, way stronger. You know, by giving them methadone, it's sort of like, Taking a knife to a tank fight, so you're woefully inadequate in terms of meeting their tolerance and meeting their needs. Um, so yeah, so you know we kind of started a, a program called Injectable Opioid Agonist Therapy. So we provide injectable hydromorphone. We don't uh, we don't do it, but there's a clinic in Vancouver that actually provides injectable diacetylmorphine, so injectable heroin. Uh, might you know blow some minds away in the U.S., but where you are actually in Europe they're they're pretty forward and progressive on that um and yeah like another um treatment that we've kind of helped pioneer was a fentanyl patch so there's a fentanyl patch that's used for palliative care for people with cancer pain and um and basically we started using that for folks with opioid use disorder because again if we're talking about opioid replacement therapy we want to replace them with the molecule that they're actually using. And while fentanyl, you know, is very powerful, the issue is people are—they don't know how much they're taking when they buy it off the street. Whereas in this case, it's prescribed and you know dosed accordingly, and we slowly kind of get them to target dose and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, so it's pretty neat because we kind of help develop these um, protocols and treatments, and then you know the health authority. Um, Kind of adopts it the province adopts it and other parts of canada are kind of inquiring so i'm trying to get more involved and um try to consult and uh help kind of spread the knowledge in terms of what we're doing um so yeah there's more that we get involved with but i guess you could say that's uh kind of amet scientists as well that we're trying to find a solution because you know from my vantage point not to make this all about harm reduction but you know we call it preventable deaths so in my opinion we should have zero um, or at least strive for it, um, and you know that might not be super realistic, but you know we can try. And if we don't get a hundred percent, maybe we'll prevent ninety percent type thing. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of what we do uh, in our work, and yeah, uh, want to make a change there. And and yeah, like I think people kind of write folks off um, and also people think oh it's just low-income poor people are the ones dying and so whatever or homeless people but it is affecting all walks of life and society and um, and it's a real problem and it's ultimately because this is in the illicit market like could you imagine if every like Stella beer or a certain type of beer had a one in 1000 chance of causing instant death you know, what would happen? They'd have to recall that lot and there'd be systems and procedures to, to change that. But right now it's just in this black market and uh, this in the dark. And so we can't do anything. And then if you're addicted, you don't really have any other option. So, um, yeah, one, just I'll end with a final analogy. Like when we talk about kind of getting people in like recovery and whatnot, I think that's a great, um, great goal. But we kind of want them to climb the mountain, you know, we want them to get to the top of the mountaintop. Okay. Let's give them some climbing gear and, and mountain equipment and food and whatnot, everything they need to go. But with the, the drug supply being as it is, it, it's like people are in quicksand. So do we need climbing, you know, equipment or do we need to get some freaking rope and get these people out of the quicksand quicksand, get them on solid footing first, um, where they're not in this constant cycle, then we can maybe hopefully, uh kind of get people to start climbing them on.
0: yeah it's that that is uh would you say that that's the work that you focus the most on right now like trying to spread awareness about this injectable as you called it the uh, i don't forget the technical name but yeah that's they, a opioid treatment yeah
1: yeah um yeah that's the main the main focus of our work it's not as much spreading that's kind of on the side but we with the nonprofit we work with we have a specialty clinic um, so just helping directly the folks that we we work with is kind of the focus, and you know, being a business owner, there's all those challenges that come with it too, with
0: HR and whatnot. So. Well, it's amazing stuff. I guess that that definitely slots closer into the mad scientist, it's like the the, the uh, benevolent mad scientist, I'd say, and the bling uh, as well. Yeah, you got the bling <laughs> and the virgin moments. Uh, very, but very, very interesting. I'm glad we could educate people on little tangential issues. People love the tangentials. Where's that drop? Here it is. Hold on. That's right. We take you on a tangential trip around the internet, or for an interesting guests teaching you about things like harm reduction and uh, amazing achievements, and and things that you can give burn victims to cover up their skin. And it doesn't the body doesn't reject it. That's what we talk about on the show. Um, you know, Daniel had a question up above, which was, do you, "What kind of drugs are you giving people who are addicted to Top Shot?"
1: um yeah we have some uh tranquilizers basically just gonna knock you out <laughs> yeah. Step away from the keyboard
0: yeah there's a guy i follow on twitter i don't know if you've seen him uh i think it's like rwtj or something like that and every single day he's 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 talking about that his latest purchase his latest cereal that he bought he's like nobody tell my wife that's probably one of the most entertaining Twitter users do you, do you know who I'm talking about or no
1: no I don't think so yeah <laughs> all right I'll find the him internal
0: dialogue
1: is uh messed <laughs> up there
0: yeah yeah anyway uh I find it entertaining um let's see what else we got here you, you got any hot uh NBA playoff takes we're almost at the playoffs I think how, how much time we got left in uh, the playoffs
1: yeah hot takes uh yeah it's it's shaping up to be exciting um Hot takes. I mean, yeah, I guess I could – I think the Lakers uh, should be watched out for um, because, you know, oh, with LeBron, spicy. yeah, that's a spicy one. Um, I think, right,
0: let me, you know, I you never you want to count it. out LeBron. Hold on. Where, where's the spicy? Yeah, There's give it spicy. to me. Spicy. So you think the Lakers have a run in them?
1: I think they could. You know, they've been looking a lot better. Um since um since they made all those changes and then you know with lebron you can't count them out right like he, the, the greatness is there plus the thing that's impressive is anthony davis you know this guy should be a mvp candidate every year you know he should be a better Giannis. he's basically got all the skill set plus a shot so if if those two sort of decide to like elevate and go to a new level with some of these guys like austin reeves is like balling out and uh and, you know, D'Angelo Russell, finally he's got, like, a couple good shooters, at least around him, LeBron does. So, yeah, you can't count him out. Um, the other one is, you know, being a Raptors fan, I've seen the levels that Kawhi can, can achieve. And the Clippers seem to be playing better. And it's amazing, like, what they've done with Westbrook and how he's kind of playing the best basketball he has in years. Um yeah, I mean, I'm always like, a, I'm a homer for sure. So, you know, Raptors obviously are going to win the title. They're going to go from the play-in to... Stop it. Get some help. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got the defenders. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Scotty Barnes fan. Um, and yeah, we got. O- you don't want to face OG Ananobi. You don't want to face Pascal Siakam, and the way we can lock you guys we're at the clamps. The clamp set is going to be a Raptors logo next year after we see what they do in the playoffs.
0: Okay. Well, listen. You gotta. You gotta root for your home. You gotta root for your team. So I don't. I don't blame you. But you're not. You're not a Grizzlies fan. They used to play in Vancouver.
1: Yeah, actually, I didn't. Unfortunately, live in. Uh, I lived in Edmonton when the Grizzlies were here. Um, but if they were in Vancouver, I mean, it's, it's really a shame because if the Grizzlies were in Vancouver and the Thunder were in Seattle, those are the two, of the most exciting young teams like in the league. Right. So, right. yeah, it's a shame. Um, I would have been probably attending those games a lot more, uh, a lot, so. It sucks because they're exciting teams, and it's kind of. in Have you seen when like they they wear the Vancouver Grizzlies throwback jerseys? Right. On one hand, I definitely want a John Morant Vancouver Grizzlies jersey, you know. But at the other hand, it's kind of like an insult. It's kind of a slap in the face, a little bit, you know. Like, oh, you stole our team. That's great. Like, sell some jerseys, bud.
0: Yeah. And the
1: guy, yeah. uh, the guy who the owner just totally like lied through his teeth when he bought the team. Like, Oh no, I'm not going to move the team. And then boom, just like that. Um, so, you know, I've kind of given up hope that Vancouver would get another team, but Seattle, like, come on. Let's, let's
0: yeah, get it it's, together. It's ridiculous that Seattle still doesn't have a team. I mean that there's a lot of real diehard fans out there. It's, it's stupid. Um, yeah. So Davey oh. wants to know, Although, uh, what, what's your, I'm guessing, above-board drug of choice? What, what, what kind of vices, like, uh, it doesn't have to be illicit drugs, but what, what kind of drugs does a pharmacist take?
1: Yeah, so, you know, uh, with the, the risk of the College of Pharmacists, you know, watching this, I'm definitely going to have to go with coffee, you know, some good old <laughs> caffeine. Um, a recently purchased uh, DeLonghi uh, Coffee Brewer. It grinds from bean right in the machine. It grinds the beans and right into the brew. I uh, love a good brew. Uh, so yeah, that's Davy. Um, Davy's my boy, um, but you know he's got to he's got to watch it with the questions.
0: <laughs> Davy's trying to honey honey pot you or trap you. Yes, this uh, is my fr-
1: this is my YouTube debut, buddy.
0: Take it easy. Yeah, <laughs> take it easy. This is the beginning of a great YouTube career right here. Um, what what else, chat? You got anything else for our man here, Ahmad Scientist? What what about other interests away from the computer, away from the pharmacy, away from the NHL stadium? What else are you into, Ahmad?
1: Yeah, like um, I'd say, like definitely like movies and whatnot, and Mar I'm a big Marvel fan. Um, I could tell you actually when I started collecting uh, NFTs, my wife, uh, Francis, um, loving, adoring wife, Francis. Um, really started getting into like you're gonna clip this later aren't you (laughs) i got i i recently married so i gotta keep the positive vibes going oh there you go
0: how how long you been married you still in that honeymoon phase
1: well so november um november 19th so but how long can i say newlyweds for is it six months i think you do that for a year a year okay so yeah we're still newlyweds um But, yeah, she started collecting Funko Pops. Are you familiar okay. with these? Uh, contraptions?
0: Yeah, the, the big head things.
1: Yeah, so the big head little collectible toys. And, yeah, we have, like, two closets full of them now, and oh, wow. it's, like, out of control. So, basically, um, we love MCU and watching Marvel movies, the Z+. Plus. Um, and so we basically try to collect, like, Marvel movies through through that. I do actually collect um, some NFTs through. I don't know if you've heard of VV app. Um, VV app, it's called VV.
0: Oh VV, yeah, I know that. That's yeah. like the Marvel again, like like the superhero little rotating three D characters.
1: Yeah, they have the characters, but the cool thing there too is they have comics, like full mm-hmm. readable comics, and they have like the Grail comics. You know, like the first ever Marvel. You know, uh, Amazing uh, Fantasy fifteen, the first appearance Spider Man, etc. So yeah, I'd say um, Marvel and whatnot, and and yeah, traveling, um, yeah, different shows and whatnot. Succession, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, episode two. I don't know if you watched Succession. But, I, I tried uh,
0: getting into that show. I couldn't really. It didn't really strike a chord with me. I watched like maybe four or five episodes. It didn't. Maybe I need to keep going, but I didn't love it. I know a lot of people love it.
1: I say like maybe watch at least like the first season. Yeah, the first four. Kendall Roy like the oldest son is like or maybe I'm not the oldest son second oldest son can be incredibly annoying um and he might still be annoying later but yeah it gets better for sure um from that angle yeah, but yeah what else is there um yeah great restaurants in Vancouver good, I like to eat um yeah um what else is there music yeah the regular the normal stuff I guess
0: Yeah. We had some other questions here. Uh, what's your favorite sweet? Do you have a favorite candy bar? So I'm a chocolate guy. Um, Uh, too. chocolate unite chocolate fans United.
1: Yeah. So if I'm going to like put some, uh, sugar in my body, it's a waste unless it's chocolate based. Yeah. Um, so I'd say probably Reese's pieces. I love the, the chocolate peanut butter marriage. Mm -hmm is uh is one for the ages so i'd have
0: to guess i'd have to say that one for a chocolate bar yeah all right good call i also like the the reese's cups reese's cups are yeah. fantastic it's it crazy though the reese's yeah go ahead sorry, sorry
1: it's, it's crazy how many like types of bars and you know m&m style uh reese's and this one you have the bar with the reason the the yeah, it's just so many different uh, machinations that they've come up with.
0: They really have. They've made it a whole gamut of products. More more Reese's products than there are Marvel movies. And that's saying something. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? So though I, I I saw so sometimes I see these guys on TikTok that like, you know these these people who want to say they have the key to great health and they're telling you what you absolutely can't eat. And then sometimes I see these guys say like sugar causes all disease. And I'm like, no, don't say this. What, what's your take on that? How bad is sugar actually? Is sugar really like causing all the disease in human beings? And we really should avoid sugar. Like it's the worst thing on earth.
1: I think, yeah, it's probably similar to what we were saying earlier. It's about like how much in the quantity, right? Like, I, I don't think you can have a hard fast. It's good or bad. Um, but I don't know if it's like all disease, but at least like definitely cardiovascular type diseases for sure. Um, But yeah, I guess I'm not smart enough to know whether mental health issues are being caused by that, but you know, if uh, things in moderation and if you have active lifestyle, if you have a a dessert, you know, like once a a week or whatever, I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, But you know, if you're gorging on, ice cream before bedtime every night then yeah it's probably not good for your insulin regulation whatnot okay but yeah yeah, whether it's the source of all disease i don't know i just think any sort of like generalization is just wrong
0: it just fails to recognize the nuance of it all that's what gets you the 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 tiktok likes that's why that's why you got to go over the top inflammatory uh, stuff right And so Spence wants to know your top three moments on Top Shot. My top top three?
1: three, Like in my collection or just? I suppose, or
0: maybe just your favorite moments.
1: um, I'd say, so the OG Ananobi semifinals from S1 is one of my favorite moments. I get a little bit of flack. It's against your Celtics, Mm. um, where Lowry, it's in the bubble and there's half a second left. So I was at a wedding um, one of my wife's uh, close family friend's wedding. And the, the dad was in the middle of his speech. And I had the game streaming on, on my phone, on the table. And I, all hope was lost. You know, we were down 2-1, I think, in the series. Down by two with half a second left. And, you know, Lowry just chucks it across. He grabs it, hits a three. And then OG's, like, classic, like, flat effect doesn't even make have any reaction. So in the middle of like dad's speech, I just threw the threes up in the air and I was like, couldn't resist. And, you know, Francis pulled my, uh, my hand down. So I was like that, as soon as I saw that, that was like one of the first ones I got, like in 2020, I was like, okay, I remember that moment. I remember where I was. So I, uh, that was one that kind of resonates with me. Um, And then I'd say, you know, I'm a huge Scotty Barnes fan. So his debut, um, is just awesome. And I remember watching that and, um, and he, actually, I saw him like being interviewed and he was telling one of his teammates, like, Oh, do you rem- you know what my move was for my first ever bucket? And it was the, the sky, like kind of like a sky hook. So definitely Scotty Barnes. Um, what else is there? Yeah, I don't, I don't have it, but the LeBron anthology one, um, it, is amazing. I would love to, to get my hands on that one day. Maybe the, You know, our our Roro could give us uh, another rake back or something. I can buy that one. Um, So, yeah, I'd say maybe I'll go with those three.
0: Good call. Uh, I think there was like one other question, then we'll let you go. But one – well, this one I'm guessing the answer is no. I'm guessing you have not ridden on Drake's airplane. Uh, And then your boy Tony Kornheiser, will you ever be able to surmount the Goliath that is Tony Kornheiser Once I draft Wemby, why is he going to draft Wemby? Doesn't that mean he's going to have like the worst pick in the draft? I mean, like the top, he's going to have the worst team. So we'll have the top pick in the draft.
1: So I played him in the playoffs this year, and I beat him. Uh, unfortunately, I went to the finals, and I lost in the finals. It's just it's gut wrenching, man. These teams benching players in the middle of my fantasy finals, like it's oh, yeah. it's 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 very frustrating. Um, But, yeah, I've, I've beaten Tony Kornheiser in the past. I'm going to beat him in the future. It don't matter. You know, Wemby, if, if he drafts him, Wemby's, you know, I hate to say it, but he might not stay on the court all the time with those lanky uh, stick figure body that he's got. So, um, and Tony Kornheiser, his, you know, development system on his fantasy team is just horrendous. You know, he doesn't provide proper nutrition, training, all the things that our, my team's called the Bomb Squad. We have all those, you know, we develop our players. Uh, so I, I'm not scared of him. Um he, You know, he uh he, 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 he's, he likes to talk a lot of smack, this Tony Kornheiser guy. But uh I, I've be, we've had some close matchups, though. Like this year, we were like, we did the category head-to-head. And we literally came down to like the last bucket, the last like, Five minutes, his guy got a turnover and they were tied in turnovers. We played each other in the like consolation finals a few years ago, and that led me to being able to draft Luka Doncic. And uh, it came down to Shea Gilgis Alexander, who he had haphazardly dropped earlier in the season. I picked him up. Shea got a, a block. We were actually hanging out together and uh, he got a block, and I went above him. So Basketball gods typically are in my favor. I guess I should mention that he did beat me in the finals last year to win a championship. Um, You know, I respect him for that. But, you know, vengeance will be mine. uh, Do you guys, does your fantasy
0: league, so do you, are, are the people in your fantasy league, do you guys all sort of live near each other? And in that way, does the loser have to do something like embarrassing or, or no? So the
1: all most of the guys live in Edmonton. Um, me and TK are in uh, Vancouver. Uh, exactly. I love talking <laughs> about my fantasy teams. I love people hear hearing me talk about my fantasy teams. But yeah, they're in Edmonton. Um, the loser of the league has to pay for like the the draft, the food on draft night.
0: Oh, all right. I, I was expecting something a little more embarrassing, like. You have to wear a dress. Oh, I guess I can't say that anymore. I don't know. You got to oh, do something. Something. Am viciously. I going to get canceled
1: being on the screen? Yeah,
0: I think I just got canceled. Bud Light's definitely not sponsoring me anytime soon. Um, Let's just see. I, th- I feel like there's one other thing here. D Jack saying, what is your second favorite Top Shot team community?
1: So, like, who's my first, I guess? Is, is it, your first um, the Raptors? It would be the Raptors, but I haven't had the... Well, so, yeah, like, I'd definitely be the Blazers then, um, for sure, because that's the closest NBA arena to me. And Rip Pack City is awesome community and been really gracious. And I've gone down for two games um, and got, you know, free tickets and uh, got to meet other collectors. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I still So, some Raptors people came down for the Raptors game in January. Um, so, I did, I guess, in theory, kind of get connected with the jurassic pack that way yeah it'd be great to go to toronto and uh, hang out with kind of the captains and the core team there
0: awesome um well i guess i don't really have much else i know last couple weeks we've been jumping to playback but i'm kind of exhausted today so we'll have to do that another day but i did have actually one clip i didn't play for you yet uh i'm trying to think what would be a good place to use it I'm not sure, but we're going to do it anyway since you said you think the Lakers have a good chance. And I'll just say that they don't, and I'll play this clip. Hello, darkness, wild friend. I've come to talk with you again. We're supposed to but... use that clip just when it's, we're talking about something that's like sad and gut punching, but. I just liked it, and we didn't use it today, so I feel like we had to. Thanks for the props, Top Shot Tesla. Missed the interview. Shout out to any Raptors fans, though.
1: Nice. Raptors, Raptors.
0: I wanted to just one comment, if I could. Um, go ahead. The stage is yours. So you, want the, you want the floor? Boom.
1: Sure. Oh, wow. Here we go. I think the key, uh, you know, Top Shot people, they need to realize, you know, what their secret sauce is. And my ap- opinion is the secret sauce is that feeling you get by owning a moment that you have a personal connection to. Either it was a big game where, like, my OG Ann and obi where I remember where I was, I remember what happened. Um, so they need to find a way to deliver that into the hands of real NBA fans. And I think, like, with the Top Shot Tour event, for example, you got to get a moment from that game. Like, if I go to a game, to me, I the reason why I thought this whole concept was pretty cool is because... If we go to a live NBA game right now, when we're walking to the subway to go home, what are we talking about? We're talking about when, you know, Giannis took two steps from the three-point line and then he was dunking, he was flying in the air. Um, You know, those are the things we we remember. And so that's why Top Shot, they basically found a way to bottle those up and sell them. So I think it resonates for, it'll resonate for fans if I go to a game, literally the best play of that game I can then own. I can have that memorabilia. Um, like all those people who, who were there for LeBron's uh, record-baking shot. Yeah, they have their photo. Why do they all have their cameras up? Because they want some sort of keepsake from that moment, from that game. And that's exactly what we got here. So they have to play into that, I think, a little bit more. And it ties into the inner arena activation. You know, I went to Summer League and when they had that booth for the first time and, you know, a light bulb went off. It's kind of that light bulb moment so yeah i think the in arena from games you actually attend like in real time it is uh is something that can really get that light bulb moment that we need more people outside of you know our ecosystem to get
0: i 100 percent agree with you there uh jay metz is a frequent guest on the show says the same exact thing we need to give moments to the people that are actually at the stadium and uh and i and also like align it closer with what's actually happening so by being a big fan of the NBA you get rewarded and so like this recent i think it was the Markel faults challenge that, that was like the first challenge in a long time where if you held a bunch of Markel faults you were closer to that reward and it was deflationary mm-hmm. you had to like burn and lock up two to get one back or something of that nature so you get to
1: lock one and burn one
0: yeah so like though those kind of decisions are great steps i think i think what we've seen in recent history or recent past with recently with NBA Top Shot is they'll have some really good ideas, some really good deflationary ideas, but then they'll like offset it with some other inflationary action, like literally 48 hours later. And um, that's the part that More can packs. be so that can be that, and that's what's so frustrating, but it's like that's how they make their revenue. But that's what's so frustrating because if they really did just lean into that really hard, I feel like. Mm. You'd, you'd see such a, a sea change of sentiment among the, of, among the entire Twitter community. And, and like Nakamigos is a great example that like you can, you can create sentiment from nothing. You, you can create sentiment about like pixelated crappy artwork that, you know, I mean, the Nakamigos are kind of cool looking, but why are they pumping like they are? It doesn't really make any sense. And mm-hmm. so you can create it from almost anything. And I feel like Top Shot could definitely get back there if they could defeat what a lot of the naysayers, a lot of the critics have to say about them. But every time they release hundreds of thousands of more packs, it just gives more ammo to the naysayers. It's not exactly working in their favor. So even, as much as they can validate it and say, well, how else are we supposed to tell the story? Well, then figure it out. Do it another way. Do it through birding. Do it through crafting like Dr. Seuss stickers are doing right now. Figure it out you know, you can do it.
1: Yeah. Like the playoffs, like the, if they do a banner year type style, you know, then you have the team moments, um, have it have basically have team moments for the whole playoffs and then have maybe the conference finals and the finals. That's it. We don't need any like individual player round one, round two, round three commons, whatever. Um, Agreed. And maybe make it out of 500 or, or whatever. Um, I guess, yeah, like, I guess some, I guess a hopeful comment is as much as, you know, top shot can sort of play God and pump out supply. I'm hoping that they can play God in the opposite direction and reduce supply. And I'm not sure why they haven't been a little bit more drastic with trying to reduce things. Um, But hopefully they're just, you know, being slow and cautious or something, but yeah, they hold all the power. And, you know, with Funko pops, for example, we saw there was a news article that like, $3 million dollars worth are ending up in landfills and whatnot so that's another positive thing about nfts like we don't have to wreck the environment with your oversupply problems you know we can and it's easier to adjust those things down um so yeah hopefully they kind of get in tune because to me it's like this early stuff should be more scarce and say the masses
0: do come on board they can always mint more you know that's they have a, a
1: minting machine ready to go
0: exactly uh, And they could do it so quickly, too. They can literally do it the next day. It's not like there's a delay. They can do it immediately.
1: Yeah, and like Series 2, they had like the, you know, like even now it says 8,000cc plus on the base. And that means, oh, we could increase that mint count anytime we want. And when it goes LE, like back in the day in January 2021, when they made, you know, Series 1 go LE, that's when things started going up. But they never really used that lever very much. Like, so start really low. And then use the lever. I guess there's other things like maybe then the early packs have all the lower mints in them, so I can see some of those issues. I don't know all the factors that go into it, but it seems like they can always make more. Um, but re- putting that sentiment, um, getting that sentiment is, is, is not something they can easily get back. Um, so, yeah, at the same time too, like for me, I, like I really... I don't know, I'm weird. I just really like owning these things Like, and some of them, like the OG Ananobi, I don't know if I'd like want to sell or whatever or you know, if the Raptors win a title or if I get the Kawhi shot. Like, I really just want to own them and we need more people who just want to own NFTs for the sake of it. There's no other strings attached. You're just owning it to own it and I don't think there's enough people right now um, in the ecosystem um, especially for the supply that they have, right? Like you know, obviously we all kind of want both, you know, I want to be able to flip some stacks and, and make out well and financially. Um, but I do want to collect and have sets and uh, kind of show off my collection and whatnot. Um, but yeah, hopefully that'll come with time and maybe a younger generation or whatnot that we can dump our bags on their heads. Them, right? <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> well, let's, I think that's a perfect place to end the conversation. Um, hopefully those of you that wanted a t-shirt will get one. And, uh, I hope you like, thanks again, Ahmad, for making your premiere appearance on my show. Yet another, you are yet another one of my beautiful, untouched, clean guests. I won't use your terminology. (laughs) You're, you're my virgin (laughs) guest here. Um, Oh, wow. Every, every other show you go on after this, you will already be tainted, because you are only clean on my show, so thank you for that. Yeah, and, I'll have, I have the
1: Tandyman <laughs> Musk on me forever now.
0: Oh boy! <laughs> but anyway, thanks, thanks for the work that you do, and thanks for sharing your story with us. And um, sure. yeah, we'll do it again another time. And uh, good luck to your Oilers and your Raptors as long as they're not facing the Celtics.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot. Appreciate you having me on and uh, being able to connect with the Tandyman community mm-hmm. and i've been a fan and watching your streams uh you know from the beginning so yeah keep up the good work uh you're a man of the people um
0: and yeah appreciate you all right man well take care and we'll talk again soon sounds See good buddy. take it easy Static